Well, hello and welcome to the One Thing Podcast brought to you by the Horton Group. We're at the Horton Group. We specialize in insurance, employee benefits, and risk advisory. And I'm your host, Jason Helfer. We are excited today to have on the program client and friend of the agency, president and CEO of Goodwill Industries of Michiana, Debbie Koble. How are you, Debbie? I'm good. How are you? I am really good. Well, thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Uh, Reverend Edgar J. Helms, who founded Goodwill in Boston, was quoted as saying, the philosophy of Goodwill is not of charity, but of chance. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on the chance part, it could certainly mean a bunch of things and maybe it meant opportunity in this light. But if you if you think about chance for a second, I think that things do happen for a reason or better said left up to chance. And so when you look at yourself and how you started your career at Goodwill, was it by design or was it left up to chance? I think it was definitely by design. Um, and, the, and the reason I say that is the fact that um, I was in a work situation that um, I needed to get out of before they realized how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's funny. I had a couple of friends from church who worked for Goodwill and um, they had a retail manager's position open and I had retail in my background. So mm -hmm. I applied and was only going to stick around a year. And 32 years later, here I still am, <laughs> um, having worked my way through the organization and I've um, been serving now as president and CEO for seven years or eight years now. So, Well, that's fantastic. Is the, uh, the retail store you started in still with the organization? No, but I'm not the one who closed it. <laughs> <laughs> we moved it, actually. I wasn't going there with the question. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I'm sure over your, your years, uh, Goodwill has changed a little bit. It has. Mm -hmm. We have really started to focus in, especially over the past eight years, of creating greater opportunities in the communities that we serve for people to take advantage of the services that we offer. Um, one of the things that we really want to help folks do is to... Um, have a life of abundancy and they get to define that by how they feel is their abundant life mm -hmm. that's interesting and that there's a it's funny there's a one of the services i looked at online not funny interesting i i was shocked you know quite candidly and surprised and happily surprised to see how many different services you provide to the community and i you know i think most people think of the goodwill for its retail but for obvious reasons, there's 3,200 stores. Um, but there's a, there's a saying that I thought about when I looked at one of your programs is that behind every young child who believes in himself is a parent who believes in them first. And as a parent myself, I know that that belief can be tested at times. And I think parenting is a very rewarding, but also, you know, probably the hardest job that most people will have. And which is why I was so interested to learn and read about the, the nurse family partnership program that Goodwill offers. And I know, Debbie, this is my understanding is that not all good organ Goodwill organizations are, are the same, meaning they don't all provide the same services. And so if that's the case, then how did you and your organization kind of land on this? And why was this really important for you to provide to the community you guys serve? So it actually started that um, our sister Goodwill down in Indianapolis was providing this service um, and working with these first-time moms in creating an opportunity for a pregnancy that was going to be healthy and a start to life for the child. And Nurse Family Partnership is an evidence-based program that has a really good impact on infant mortality. 
Indiana is not rated very well. We Our infant mortality is very high. So Governor Holcomb has the goal of us being the best in the Midwest by 2024. Nurse Family Partnership has evidence of being able to move that needle in the right direction. And so as they've wanted to spread it throughout Indiana, they wanted to bring it into this area that we serve. And so we had conversations. I love the program. I love the concept. And so we are now providing it in four counties and having a tremendous impact on the moms and the babies that we get to serve. Well, that's outstanding. So what? tell us more about the program. What type of services does it provide to the moms and the babies? So we actually employ um, registered nurses. And so when a young lady or any age comes to us, um, while they are pregnant, we will enroll them and they are assigned a nurse. And she's going to walk alongside this mom and the family through the pregnancy, making sure that she's getting her uh, prenatal care. The nurse does not replace prenatal visits. She is um, an addition to those. And so then as things happen and, and the mom goes into labor, we actually do have a doula on staff. So if the mom needs additional support in labor, um, we can provide that as well. And then we're going to continue to walk this journey with mom and the family through two years with the baby to make sure mom's adjusting, mom is starting to get that economic stability that she needs um, beyond just surviving. We want Mm -hmm. her to thrive. Sure. And then um, we will then continue, even if she wants to stay with us for longer than two years in goodwill, we'll continue to help her move up and into that, what she defines as her abundant living. Okay, it's more of a continuity of care. I mean, even after really you know, that service is provided. And I, I, my, my guess is you get some really feel-good stories out of that program. I could only, could only imagine. Absolutely. We, we have a couple of cases where delivery would have been a very different story had the nurse been involved. Um, a couple moms had preeclampsia. Okay. And the nurse knew the signs. Mom got to the hospital and we had healthy deliveries um, versus had they not been involved, we don't know that that would have happened. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's mean. That means enough to keep the program going Absolutely. and thriving and supporting it. And, and I, I think there's a narrative out there and I don't have any stats on it. So you could tell me if I'm wrong and I would believe you. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I think nurses at a, a premium right now. And I think there's hard to find nursing staff and my, my assumptions are less nurses in nursing school. And have, is that part of a challenge with running a program like this? You know, it really is in some ways. Um, we, we have a couple openings right now at this point in time. However, one of the things that we can bring to a nurse who's interested in this type of work, it is home-based work. Um, It is not the hours in a hospital. It is not the stress. And you carry a caseload of maybe 25 moms. So you really get to know your moms and your families. And if you have that heart for making a difference in somebody's life and putting your skills to use, we are the perfect spot for for a nurse to be able to do that. Well, I could see why. And, and so if, if, if I'm a nurse out there listening right now, or if there are nurses out there listening to this, how could they, how would they learn more information about this? How would they get in touch with, with you? So if they start off on our website, which is goodwill-ni.org, um, and go to the services, we do have a page that describes it more with an email. Or if they're like, oh my goodness, I want to apply for this, then they just need to go to the career tab and they just need to apply. <laughs> Thank you so, for letting me plug that. <laughs> you're welcome. So all you nurses out there looking for a new challenge, a rewarding challenge, you could work from home and work with maybe a limited number of moms who get to know them very well and provide a rewarding service, maybe reach out to a Goodwill of Michigan then. 
Absolutely. Very cool. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I, I do know that, at least my belief too, that most people are pretty familiar with the name Goodwill. I mean, it's a very well-known name. And I believe that most people know of it for the retail. And I think there's only over 3,200 3, stores within North America. So that's a good reason why they know. <laughs> and I believe you, you mentioned to me retail is the engine that drives the mission. And, and so outside of retail, what are some of the other services in addition to Nurse Family Partnership that you want people to know about? So maybe what's the one thing, or it could be two, three, whatever you want, <laughs> that you would like people to know about Goodwill? So we really are all about helping people change their lives. So we are an employment-based program to help people get skills necessary to, um, to go to work or to excel at work, or to make a life change in their work world. So whether it's somebody that maybe has a disability that we need to really work with them on avoiding limitations um, or helping talk to an employer about accommodations, or whether it's somebody who is returning from prison and they wanna get their life um, in order, whether it is um, an adult who has not achieved their high school diploma and they wanna go back and actually get their high school diploma, we can do that. Um, we'll be opening some hard skills training in the fall, so if individuals are interested in learning automotive, welding, we're gonna be those places to really help people no matter where their skill set is in life to, again, we keep going back to the, what is your definition of abundant living sure. and help you to get there. Sure. Well, tell us more about some of the like the job coaching or job training, the industrial services. Um, I think that's, I'd never thought about, again, I, for obviously Goodwill and doing some of this. So I think that was a really important too. And uh, tell us more about that if you can, like who are you looking for and what kind of services or training you provide for people that are for the industrial services piece of your organization? Sure. So for that particular piece, we are really looking for people who need to gain some work experience. Um, individuals who maybe um, we need to assess what their limitations are if they have a disability so we know what to avoid. Um, mm -hmm. Or if we have somebody who is just maybe coming out of the prison system and they really need to start getting that resume built up, we're going to work with them, give them the opportunity to try different jobs get that work history built up um, and work with them to get into either stay at Goodwill or work with an employer in our community who knows that when they've been through a Goodwill service that we have worked with them and they are ready to go to work. If they are interested more in the hard skills training then we can actually work with individuals that um, to get that again this will be opening in the fall but to actually okay. learn automotive skills so that sure. they can go to a dealership. That's great. And has the, do you find that the local community is pretty open and accepting to that and excited about it? They are very excited about it. We have one local dealership that has um, the Leap Family Foundation has um, anted up some, some money and support for it um, to help us get the equipment that we need um, to the tune of $250,000. Um, wow. And what they view that as coming alongside of us and being a partner as we train folks, then they will have individuals and in that they can look at employing in their dealerships to meet their needs because there's such um there's just such a need for the technicians. Yeah, I think that's that's fascinating because I, I don't believe and maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but I, I think most for profit businesses could be automotive, for an example, or machine shops or whatever it may be. Probably they don't first think about 
employing individuals with disabilities. I think they maybe follow the more traditional methods, you know, through more hiring boards or HR for job searches. And I was talking with John Barth from INARF, and, you know, one of their big tasks and challenges, advocacy, is all about that, you know, placement of jobs for individuals with disabilities. And from my understanding, Indiana is much further along in that than one of your sister states <laughs> and, and so I, I i i applaud the state of indiana and i know there's probably you would say there's you know roads to go we have so many more miles to walk down that mm -hmm. front but uh i just i whenever i think about that i'm very i get kind of goosebumps when i think about how how strong that of a program that can be for individuals with disabilities it, it really is and you know back earlier in my career when i was doing direct services i mean I would go to work with individuals with disabilities to help them learn their jobs. So I've worked in van conversion companies, <laughs> learning how to put springs on seats, learn to um, make pizzas. Um, never quite acquired the ability to spin it up in the air, but you know. <laughs> you've, you've got time. <laughs> it's, it's awesome because what you get to do is, you know, not only do you get to hear somebody gets to hear those words that they're hired and they get to start to earn a paycheck we get to be a part of that journey for them. And I will tell you, there is nothing more rewarding than to get to know that we got to be a part of changing a life. Yeah, well, I can hear the passion in your voice for uh, the lives that you touch. So thank you for doing all that. And if, um, if you put your, so when you sit with your leadership team mm -hmm. and you're wearing your CEO hat, you know, what are the things that you're concerned about with the future? So some of the obstacles, you say, hey team, you know, here's what we've got to get right. So we are continuing to work um, on helping to develop our own employees. Um, you know, we, we do a lot in the community. Um, up until a couple years ago, while we did things internally, we weren't as, we weren't as focused on it. And over the past couple of years, I brought in a chief human resource officer who has that passion and dedication and so we are being as intentional about our own employees as we are individuals in the community. And I have to tell you that is just as fun and as exciting to get to watch our people grow. So that's one thing we've got to get it right. Um, and we need our employees to understand that when we say they are our most important asset in our company, we mean it. And, mm -hmm. and there's action behind those words. The other piece that we have to get right right now is um, our donated goods. So we are blessed that people give us goods. However, there's a lot of competition out there for those goods right now. Um, you can sell things online. Sure. You know, um, you can you can do the garage sales online now. It's it's very easy, and so we have to continue to demonstrate to people that we do care and are good stewards of those resources that they give us in order to be able to do our mission. Okay, and so have you seen, I guess, have you seen retail revenue go down over the years because of that? So, no, it has, we have continued to increase. Okay, um, we have, we're doing more online. Yes, Goodwill is, has an e-commerce business. E-commerce, there you go. There you go. You can get your Goodwill fixed 24-7 at shopgoodwill.com. <laughs> I saw that. There's some expensive stuff. There's some pricey stuff on there, too. I was surprised. There, like, oh God, there are great. some incredible finds uh -huh. on there. One of a kind antiques, those kinds of things. Um, we're continuing to open brick and mortar because people enjoy that treasure hunt. And so um, we have been blessed that revenue has continued to go up and to rise, um, but we just know that we have to continue to create greater efficiencies 
so that we can um, put that back into our employees and put that back into our mission. Okay. And I know it's a kind of a traditional question, but I, I think it begs asking here. And so when people go to Goodwill and they make a purchase, you know, if I'm asking myself, well, you know, where does that money go? So it's going to go about 90 cents of every dollar is going to go back into mission and employees. We are very cognizant of our overhead. Um, mm -hmm. We keep that to the bare minimum and really do create great stewardship of the dollars that we get, whether people financially donate to us, whether they are donating through the stores because they're purchasing items. Um, we tend to be very cognizant and spend that money very wisely. Okay. Well, good. I think that's I think that's telling the type of organization you are. And if I'm going to go back to the sitting in your, your seat, um, other great thinkers and leaders in the nonprofit you know, community, uh, we know what you want to do internally. What are you seeing on the external front? Um, you know, some challenges, headwinds uh, that are potentially not, not impact your mission negatively to where it becomes a, a huge issue, but what's going to stop you from progress? You know, the, the changing of the workforce. Um, to be real honest with you. So we have seen right now in this economy that we are in, we don't see as many people coming through our doors for assistance who traditionally would. However, there's a great concern on that side. What we do know is those individuals aren't necessarily keeping those jobs. Um, they haven't gained the skills to be a good employee that, that employers retain. And right now, employers aren't as concerned about that. If it's somebody filling out an application, they're much more likely to get hired no matter what their resume looks like. And that's going to change. I mean, mm -hmm. we're starting to see some softening coming around the pike and that, you know, those individuals are going to be the ones that fill it the quickest. Um, so, but it is changing. The gig economy really plays a stronger role. It did quicker. The pandemic spurred that on. Um, and so just being able then to also ensure that we're staying on top of the skills that people need for those future jobs, because jobs are changing. Um, yeah. And so we've got to make sure that if we don't stay ahead of the game, we're not going to be able to help people that need our help. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's well said by, by, by a leader looking at ways that, hey, this is going to impact our business, so how do we change that? And we're, we're feeling that in our business, too. Mm -hmm. You know, service delivery, I mean, is much different than it was uh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. We're not running a retail business. Um, you know, just the people that we have or don't have in our office has changed, and it's not going back. People say it takes 66 days to develop a habit. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been, what, over 800 days since the yeah. pandemic started. Yes. Uh, this is a wor different world that we're living in. And, and so it's no surprise that, I mean, I don't know if e-commerce is a bigger piece of your revenue pie than it was two years ago, mm -hmm. but I think one would rightfully expect that to be a bigger pie as you move forward. And so how do we, do we have to hire now web designers or engineers, right. you know, instead of people that less people maybe to, to work the floor, but then you're also building more brick and mortar. So that sounds like a good problem to have. Hey, we're growing. <laughs> and how do we facilitate growth? How do we staff for growth? And that's a challenge in the nonprofit industry and even ours. How do we pay for it? How do we keep up with, you know, wage inflation? And yes. uh, you're not immune to that. Uh, we're not immune to that. And is there a cultural element? I know you've mentioned before that one thing you have to get right, your team, right? You have to get right. Is this yes. internal employee piece? Yes. And so as part of that, and I know culture's a, not a, I believe in culture. It's not a cliche at all. But is there a culture component that you have at your agency or organization that really is bringing people in? So I, I think we are really we are really developing the culture that I that I want, 
and we just recently did a did a survey and um, we have our diversity equity equity and inclusion committee and we recently did a survey about whether people felt included um, did they feel like they mattered? Did they feel like their diversity mattered? Mm-hmm. And I have seen the preliminary results, and I am so very pleased. Oh, good. Um, we are making progress. We're not where we need to be. Um, sure. But we are making progress, and we had over 80% of our employees actually take the survey. And so we are seeing um, overwhelming folks say that they agree or strongly agree that we're moving in the right direction in that. And I think that's what's really going to help us continue to grow is when people know that they can come in our doors and they can be a part of the team and be respected for who they are. That's what's going to help us get to where we need to be. Yeah, and I think so too. And I think your clientele, your customers, mm-hmm. you know, your clients and people you serve will feel that as well. And, yes. you know, people say there's the challenge with organizations now is you you look different on the inside than you do on the outside and mm-hmm. right, how do we continue to learn grow and develop internally so we could better serve the people that you know we're looking to serve and and so i applaud you for doing that uh, di is wildly important uh, i don't think any i think most people say we don't do it as well as we should right, right. and i think that's good emotional intelligence and awareness <laughs> there and it keeps us moving forward and so we're in the same boat there um but what else? Before we hop off, what else? Anything else you want the viewing audience to know about Goodwill? So, you know, I think the one thing, and, and you brought this up before, there's 3,200 stores in North America. There are 155 Goodwills in North America. So we all have territories that we are assigned to. And then we all have a local board of governors or government that oversees us, board of directors. And so one of the neat things about it is that we get to respond to the needs in our community. Mm-hmm. So there are some goods that wills that run homeless shelters. There are some that um, provide services to youth. Almost every goodwill provides services to individuals with disabilities um, or chronically unemployed. But I think that's one of the neat things about goodwill is we are responding to our community in the way that we need to to make it a better, stronger place to be and to live. And I, 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 my guess is that's probably appreciated by people that are receiving the service, but maybe not known by people that are not, you know, a, a receiver of services. And I think that's really, really important. And I think being a community leader, the one to identify the opportunities within your community and develop programs that can address those needs. I think that's pretty cool. And I think you talk about building community, building continuity, building collaboration, I mean, building a, a brand that is needed and accepted in your community, what better way to do it by then providing services that people need? It doesn't help provide pe- services that they don't need. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you made the comment before, your, sir, your, your community might need different things than in Orange County right? Or, or a New York City. And it's just mm-hmm. going to be different. And that's okay. Yes. What's not okay, I guess, if we don't listen to the needs and we don't adapt. Correct. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And, it's, and it is ever changing. I mean, if you look at the services that we're providing now, versus what we were providing eight years ago, um, they've expanded a lot. And it's because the needs in the community have changed and we have been there to answer the call and we've been invited to the tables to collaborate. And that's the other big thing that um, that we all need to do more. And, and I'm so pleased to say that the not-for-profit world does it much better than we did 20 years ago. And that's working together and providing that continuum of services for individuals so that they don't get lost in the cracks. 
Well, I think the, uh, the nonprofit community, especially in Northwest Indiana, uh, is in good hands with leaders like you at the helm. And so, Debbie, I want to say thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm Jason Helfert saying thank you for joining the One Thing Podcast. Mm-hmm.